The award-winning California Sportsman is your source for the most current and accurate information on fishing California's lakes, streams, rivers, bays, and ocean. And we'll bring you the latest in hunting and outdoor opportunities, too. California Sportsman with Seb Hendrickson is brought to you by Fisherman's Warehouse Megastores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. And is sponsored in part by Gone Fish and Marine in Dixon, your heavy-gauge aluminum boat headquarters. Lawrence Electronics, and the California Department of Boating and Waterways. And now, to bring you the best in the outdoors, here's the host of California Sportsman, Seth Hendrickson. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to California Sportsman. It's Saturday, August 27th. It's going to be nice and cool and comfortable, only in the low 90s today. Enjoy it. you got a couple of days of good weather, and let me tell you, there is some great fishing going on all over. From Alaska, that we're going to check in first with Captain James Smith of visiting his brother at Captain Steve's Lodge, all the way down to your own backyard right here in Sacramento at the confluence of the American and the Sacramento. There are guys catching salmon out there every day, not as many. Something's going on. I think they're all hiding right now, but we'll check into all the action on King Salmon. Whether it's in the ocean or in the rivers, we've got some of the best guides there are reporting in live today. I don't know if you heard about the 10 and 13 pound kings caught at Folsom. Why isn't every boat on that lake right now with big monsters like that? Every boat is on that lake. You haven't been there. They're just not all fishing. They need to be trolling. Some of them are trolling a teenager on top of a wakeboard. (laughs) Yeah, well, that doesn't work unless there's great white sharks. Tony Zapulvita has been chasing albacore out of Eureka. He'll tell you all about it and what a typical trip is like out there. And James Netzel getting ready to wind up Stampede Cokes. He'll tell you what's going on up there and what he's going to do starting October 1st. Senior Tuna said there's plenty to talk about, Seth. And we'll be checking in on Delta Stripers, the Metro Kings, the Dove Opener, and a whole lot more. But let's go up right now to Alaska, where I can tell this man how much I hate him because he's there and I'm not. Let's hook up with the man himself from the California Dawn 1 and 2. Captain James Smith joins us live. Good morning, Captain. Hey, good morning, Seth. Well, what's it like hanging with your brother catching big fish he all the time? He sounds hungover, actually. He, he is he a little hungover. with his brother. There, there was a little bit of sound in his Smith throat. Smith brothers together. The echo in his throat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Go how, ahead, James. How was your evening, James? <laughs> it was fine. I was on my best behavior. You know, it's 5 in the morning here, by the way, so I lost an hour of beauty sleep coming up. But hey, that's where Western um, Basco's uh Ultimate Basket's on the air down here, so, you know, he I'm sure used to he, was, he must have been listening. He was probably tuned in. <laughs> you know, it's been uh, it's been one heck of a trip. I, I love the Bay Area, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, it's nice to just get out on my own and come up here, visit my brother Steve in Alaska. This place up here, this lodge he's built, is absolutely amazing. And uh, the fishery up here, you know, it, it, it's hard to put, you know, it, it's almost, you know, it's almost like describing the color purple to a blind man. It's just, you can't put the fishery in the words up here. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Yesterday we fished the rivers and we were like little kids out there. You know, you, you, you'd make a cast, you'd hook a fish, it'd come off. You'd be on the same cast, you might hook another fish, it'd come off. And finally, you know, third time on the same cast, you'd get a fish on it. It was just, uh, Pretty phenomenal in the rivers yesterday. So, so a little, comp- an absolute- little competition for your lure out there means a whole lot of fish available. Yeah, yeah. It, the, so the river fishing up there is pretty wild. Um, silvers, pinks, and uh, sockeye salmon. Um, I hate to say it, but, you know, the, the salmon fish are just dwarfed at home. But 
know, it's neat seeing all the different varieties and, and, you know, and granted they're not all eaten. They're all not eating the hook. We're getting some of the mouth, some of the tail, some of the fin, some of the back, <laughs> but there's just so many fish up here in the rivers. It's just phenomenal. So, you know, we, we talk about we've been runs. A lot of fun with that. We talk about mm-hmm. runs of a hundred thousand down here. They get runs of four, six, ten million or more. <laughs> I mean, they just keep coming. Yeah. The sockeye return. They got too many coming up. They just open it up. Take what you need, right? Because <laughs> right. too many yeah. eggs in the pretty, system. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The sockeye run up here went a million five, and that's just one species that that visits the Kenai and they have lots of rivers up here. So. Just imagine the volume of salmon. It's unreal. So, But I've been up here. I'm hanging out with my good buddy, Darren Solaro, from CWA. I talked him into it after 10 years, and he found out that he was a fisherman and not just a hunter. And uh, I got him out on the halibut grounds yes, day before yesterday, and he cried mercy at least four times. So well, he's, he got beat up on some He's halibut. pretty much of a candy anyway, so... God, could you imagine hanging with the Smith brothers and trying to keep up? Oh yeah, especially being a duck hunter next to these guys. Exactly that, right. Yeah, good. Nice exactly trying, right. Darren. Nice trying. Nice trying. You know, I, I hooked some friends up, Seth, this year and sent them up to Captain Steve's Lodge. Uh, we met, met them at the ISE show last year. You know, they were like, you know, they showed up and said, Hey, we, you know, who do we need to talk to? Took them right over to Captain Steve's and, you know, here's Only your guy. one place to go. Here's and your guy. Captain Steve will take care of you. And they literally had a trip of a lifetime. If the know. fishing isn't the greatest fishing they've ever had, the launch and the recovery is going to be it's, the greatest challenge they ever sure, had. Yeah. But they, they had, they had a trip of a lifetime with Captain Steve. So well, James, was, real was quick, cool. tell us what's going on down here in our own backyard. Cause I know you stay on top of it probably every day. Yeah. So the King run, I, I know we're, we're missing some Kings in the river and I'm sure it's because of the low water. We're still getting them. Um, uh, let's see, three days ago, my boat had 21 limits of salmon, a lot of big fish. It just seems to be the overall grade this year. But the last three weeks has been just an influx of this 15 to 30 pound grade of fish. It just, it's just a wall of them. Like we're just running into them every day. That's just, that's what you're catching. So we're seeing a lot of those fish. It's it's kind of hovering the last two days around a fisher rod. You're going to see pulses in the action because we just we are losing fish to the river gradually, but um, without that big influx of water, these things are just they seem to be milling out close to the gate again. So that's been good. The rock cod, link cod, we, we've had so much horrible weather this season, but um, the rock cod, link cod, it still lights out. The bait boat yesterday made. Uh, Sardines, the first time we've had sardines in five years. And those things are like dropping down candy bars. <laughs> so my boat had early limit to Lincoln yesterday, uh, the Caldon one. So I'm excited to go back and fish with the tank of those because we get out to those with out to the islands with those and, and it's just it's just dropping real. It's you know, just that a fast. candy bar probably only costs a dollar. What does a sardine cost now? <laughs> They're frightfully expensive, but you know, I'll, uh, best bite on fins. Yeah. So, uh, but things are going good at back, back at home. I got two capable captains holding things down. Let's me relax up here. Let's me have a, you know, a highball or two and and catch some fish and just, just wind down. How many times, how many times a day do you talk to those captains that you trust so much with your millions of dollars in equipment? As little as possible, to be honest with you. <laughs> I bet, yeah, that's probably three or four times a day. James, 
you got to give them the hookup. Fishing is fantastic right now. It's going to remain pretty darn good for folks. The fish are still milling around outside the gate, feeding up, and then some of them squirt away. Some of them come back, but they keep piling up. They're heading up the river soon. It's going to be cold weather, and a little bit of rain will really get them on the move quick, no doubt about it. James, everything's lining up. Your fishing is fantastic. What are you doing next down here after the salmon? Moving back in for a rock and ling, I hope. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into our fall weather pattern, which is typically, you know, our, our good weather here is October, you know, end of September, October, November, the ling start spawning, and they come up in the shallows, and we just, it's a field day on them. So uh, probably after Labor Day weekend, we'll start switching over from salmon. We're going to offer less salmon trips, more island trips, Farallon Islands, and, and then, you know, of course, gear up for the crab combos, which start uh november the first saturday in november now a lot of things a lot of talk about you know what's going on with the whales there's some things in the works right now the commercial opener may be delayed uh because there was an entanglement this year so stay tuned to that there's a commission meeting on that a lot of stuff going on but uh that's kind of what we're looking ahead to more island trips and then um back to the crab combos first weekend in november well, there you have it, folks. If it's not the California Dawn 1 and 2 right here on the West Coast for you, you can always get up to Captain Steve's Lodge up in Alaska. You can check them all out right there on the Internet. James, give them all the hookup information they need for the California Dawn. Sure. The number here, 510-417-5557. Reach us on the web at CaliforniaDawn.com. Check us out on Facebook and on Instagram, California Dawn Sport Fishing. Get out there and spank them today, my friend. Have a great day on the water. Tell Captain Steve we said hi. Thanks, guys. I'll send you a picture of some big wings here, hopefully, in a little while. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> Talk to you later, friend, my friend. Take care. You know, he's having a great time up there, hanging with his family. His dad's got a house just down the street from yeah. Captain Steve's Lodge, a couple miles. Mike Ogney's got a house just down the street from him. There's a whole crowd up there, and it's a, kind of a nice thing to show up. One year I went up there, and I only went fishing one day. I was out visiting all the rivers and all the friends that Seeing I met the up cool there, stuff going out there, checking out the cabins, going down looking for clams on the beach. I didn't know clams were good to eat. Yeah. No fire. Apparently, they're not so bad. It was, it's a great trip. And, folks, if you have the opportunity, Captain Steve's Lodge up there in Nanilchik, Alaska. Yeah. You can't miss out on a great thing like that. Let's take a quick break right now. we come back, we got a show full. We're heading next to Captain J. Lopes live on the water, chasing King Salmon in the ocean today. We'll be right back after this quick break. Planning a fishing getaway, a private charter, a tour of San Francisco Bay, or Northern California's coast? The California Dawn Sport Fishing Boat is the answer. Second-generation charter boat operator Captain James Smith will get you in the fish or take you out for a day to remember. With over 20 years' experience fishing the bay and coastal waters, the professional crew of the California Dawn will put you in the action for halibut and stripers, shark and sturgeon, rock and lingcod, and, of course, crab combo trips, where anglers get their share of rod and reel action, then check the pots for crab to add to their catch. Specializing in live bait potluck fishing trips, the California Dawn is a fast 50-foot fiber glass boat powered by twin diesel engines with the latest in marine electronics sonar heated cabin fully electric galley for hot meals and restroom facilities they all make the california dawn one of the most comfortable fishing charters available the availability of fishing licenses bait and tackle on board make fishing easy and enjoyable to find out more about the ultimate fishing experience on board the california dawn or to book a trip give them a call at 510-417-5557 
or check the web at www.californiadawn.com. Hi, this is Seth to tell you about my favorite car dealership and the reason why I won't go anyplace else for a new or used vehicle or for service for that matter. It's the people, well-trained, knowledgeable employees, top-notch service department professionals, and the best pricing on new and used vehicles. Where? Only at Ron Duprat Ford, just off I-80 and next door to our friends at Gone Fishing Marine in Dixon. Don't get hung up in that big city shuffle. Head to Dixon and check out Ron Duprat Ford. You'll love that small town atmosphere with no hassles and no closers. I know, I sure do. Family owned and operated since 1956, it's one of the very few dealerships to receive the President's Award for excellence in customer service and sales. When it comes time for you to purchase a new vehicle or to solve a problem with one you've already got, go to the best. Ron Duprat Ford and Dixon, the number one Ford parts and service department in Northern California. It's where I go for all my needs, sales or service. Take the short drive from high prices. Check first with Ron Duprat Ford and Dixon. Find out more at rondupratford.com or call toll-free at 877-463-5436. Why would you buy any place else? Kingfisher Boats has become the standard for sportsmen who value toughness, ride, comfort, and great fishability. And God Fishing Marine and Dixon is your heavy gauge aluminum boat headquarters. Featuring the full line of Kingfisher Boats, the offshore, coastal, sport, or river jet series boats from 16 to 35 feet are designed for saltwater, freshwater lakes, or river fishing. And God Fishing Marine's trained sell staff will help you select exactly what you need when it comes to power and accessories. Kingfisher's clean lines, classy paint choices, stainless accents, diamond plating, stylish interiors and storage, all add up to the highest quality boat on the market today. Learn more at God Fishing Marine in Dixon, gfmarine.com, or kingfisherboats.com. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson. Well, we heard what's going on up in Alaska. James is having a great time up here. Knows what's happening in Alaska, but he's not doing it down here right now, even though he's paying attention. So I got to call one of his best friends. Let's hook up right now with the man himself, Mr. Captain Jay Lopes with Right Hook Sport Fishing. The young gun from Sturgeon Fishing is now the old man in the sea. Good morning, Captain. How you doing today? Good morning, Seth. Old man in the sea. I'm not quite there yet. Dude, Close you've been though. you've been on this show about 15 or 20 years now. You're getting old. That's just the way it works. We all get old on this show. <laughs> Jay, what's been going on in the ocean? Tell our listeners what's been happening out there, because I know some days there's a lot of big fish being caught out there. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're kind of in the, the time of year where we're seeing some days with really good fishing, with lots of big fish, and then we're seeing other days with slower fishing. So it is late August now, and these fish are moving. They're you know they got one thing on their mind right now is to make their migration into the river. So uh, just for you know, for a little example, of what we've been seeing out here. First part of the week, we saw really strong fishing um, south of the Golden Gate Bridge here at Pacifica, to, uh, Pedro Point. Nice fish. Guys have fish up to 45 pounds. Ouch! Um, epic fish. There's been a couple 40 pounders caught this week, and uh, we saw really good fishing all the way up until about Thursday, and then. Uh, Yesterday, the action tapered off a little bit. We did have a little southerly wind, and sometimes that puts the fish off the bite. But uh, 
there were still some fish caught. Uh, it was right around a fish or rod type fishing yesterday. Um, but, you know, we're heading out here today. We are going south. For whatever reason, the fish this year aren't using their traditional um, haunts. So traditionally right now we should be fishing north of the Golden Gate Bridge, Stinson Beach, Muir Beach, all the way up to maybe Double Point. And we did see some fishing up there last week, but here in the last few days, there's not much going on up there. So we're heading south. This has been the most consistent area, anywhere from, you know, Ocean Beach down to Pedro Point, Montera, uh, just above Half Moon Bay. Um, and that's what we're doing. Um, they're kind of in a different spot every day, but some days we're, uh, you know, we're right back to where we were a couple days prior. So they are using certain areas more than others. Are they just primarily following the bait around is that all they're doing right now just loading up getting ready to stage for the run up the rivers 100 percent, that's exactly what they're doing they, they'll gorge themselves a couple days and then that's usually when uh, we you know we start missing some fish the next day so that's exactly what's happening these fish that's what they have to do before they go up river right to survive they got to load up on some food and that way they when they go up river they're able to, to hold on to those nutrients and uh make their journey up to the river and do some successful spawning, hopefully. Jay, many so. of the fish that you chase, the stripers, the sturgeon, everything else, all really respond well on a full moon to spawning. Do the salmon react in the same manner? A hundred percent. So we had a full moon, what, uh, two weeks ago. I think right now there's no moon. Uh, so two weeks ago, prior to the full moon, we saw really good fishing. And then during the full moon, fishing got really, you know, uh, you know just off for the, you know, the whole coast. And, uh, yeah, that's because they had one thing on their mind. That was to start moving into the river. Um, so, yes, all fish, including salmon, relate to the full moon in the same way. And, you know, what? sometimes it's good fishing on the full moon. Sometimes it's difficult. Right now we have no moon, and it's in our favor for these things to be up feeding in the morning here. A lot of times when it's full moon, you get midday bites, you know, or mid-morning bites. Um, but when it's no moon like this, a lot of times they're up right off the bat and hopefully they're up this morning waiting for us well they're looking for those silhouettes against that surface up there as the surface starts lighting up with the sunshine hitting it and it's a feast on at that point if your boat's out and in place and your baits are in the water that's your best opportunity of the whole day jay i've been seeing some spectacular fish merlin kolb up out of bodega bay sent me some pictures all running, looked like 18 to 25. Was that the maybe, day we were supposed to go? No, that was the day after we oh, were supposed okay. to go. <laughs> it, they are some beautiful fish right now. Are these the best-looking fish you've seen in a few years? Yes, this, this, the quality this whole season. Yeah, we've had some you know days we saw some smaller fish, but from when we started our season on the second opener in late June to now, the average salmon this year is really, really impressive. Put it this way, I have a cooler that's 150 quarts that we put ice in. We make a, you know, a saltwater uh, bath for these salmon after we gut them and put them on ice. That most days when we have limits and even some crew fish, there's not enough room in the cooler for all the fish. So then we have to throw them in the live well. So it's a good problem to have. Excellent, excellent quality of fish. I mean, some guys walk off the boat with a 50-pound limit. So I mean, that's a lot of salmon. And some guys meet their captain at the end of Midway Road on Highway 80. We, it's kind of never know. Hopefully we get one of those days here in the next couple of days. I can drop you off one last batch. <laughs> it's great when you do. Folks, if you haven't had the experience. You don't of, meet him on the end of the road. You make him come all the way to the house. Who I, are you kidding? I meet him at the off Right ramp. off the freeway. Right off the freeway. He, it's great. Uh, he goes off 
And he comes right onto the on-ramp, gives it to me, and he's gone. Senior Tuna and I used to do that, but it, it looked like a drug deal, man. Coming out of an ice chest, little little packs, shrink wrap, stuffing them in my truck. Same thing we did on a pig hunt one time. They called us up, said everything's ready. We went over there, and all these packages little wrapped in white. packages. And we're passing them out to guys in parking lots. <laughs> yeah, we're going really to jail. Good. In Vallejo. <laughs> yeah, we're really going to jail. Captain Jay Loves with Right Hook Sport Fishing. Jay, give them all the hookups so they can have the same amount of fun that we're all having, right? Right now enjoying the fisheries yeah give us a call here you go 916-417-5670 and on the web at righthooksportfishing.com and uh give us a call if you want to get out in september we're very limited we're going tuna fishing for about 10 days leave on wednesday so if i don't answer it's because i'm playing big fish are so, you going down yeah. south tuna fishing or are you going to drive 40 miles out of berkeley no we're going down the royal polaris and we're going to be fishing uh, for uh, for uh, yellowfin tuna and wahoo and all that good stuff on an eight-day trip. So, Well, have a great time down there. We look forward to your reports when you get back, my friend. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Captain Jay Lowe's with Right Hook Sport Fishing, having a good time. He's busting it right now, probably you can going hear by it. Pacifica Beach right You can now. hear the boat hit, hit one every once in a while in that interview. Yeah, they're cruising Boom. right along, yeah. heading down there. That It's a big, heavy boat. That's a big fiberglass. Plenty of room for everybody. Oh, yeah. There. Speaking of room, Merlin Kolb, Bodega Bay, Real Magic. Let's go live there right now and check in on the great photos that he sent me all day yesterday, just making me nauseous that I wasn't able to be on board. Captain, good morning. Hey, good morning, Seth and Kent. Greetings from beautiful Big Boy Bodega Bay. Big Boy is right. Those were monster fish. Tell our listeners what's going on out there right now. I'll tell you what. We're finally getting our turn. We um, Seems like those fish have been doing toilet bowl swirls out in front of the bay. But um, the sun came around the corner yesterday, and and we, we got a hold of them. Me and a couple of my, uh, my partners here out of Bodega Bay, Captain Bob on the Relentless, and... Uh, uh, Captain Rick Powers, we, uh, we we wrangled them up and we got them. Well, you call it a hunt, and obviously the hunt worked. What was the average size of those fish? Our our um, you know boat average for yesterday was you know just a little over twenty one pounds uh, for our, each of our anglers in there and the limits that they took home. So um, they're really nice. So we lost quite a few because they're big and hard to handle, um, hitting hard and pulling drag and. Sometimes uh, the fish win. Well, this is the time of year that all the captains in the Bodega Bay area always hang out. These fish get in a lot closer. They're closer to the coast. They're fat. They're big. And the big, strong early fall fish, the fall run fish, the late fall fish, they're all moving around out there, too. That's probably some of these big ones that are stacking up. And, boy, every year you guys always get big fish towards the end of the season in the ocean. Yeah, a friend of mine fishing out of Tamales Bay yesterday, Van Staplin, he landed a 42-pounder. Big boy. My They're line rippers. Well, I heard uh, Jay tell us about a 45 that was caught, too. So there are some real pigs down there. And to miss out on this opportunity, folks, is a bad mistake. We couldn't go this week because four of the eight guys I had going couldn't make it. So we're gonna we're opting out for a ling cod, rock cod, light tackle deal with maybe 10 pound test see how many lines we can break but anyway merlin action is steady out there for you right now how much longer do you think you're going to have this i don't think there's any rain in the forecast so it's going to last a little longer than normal is my guess 
Yeah, we've got a good long, good uh, fair weather forecast, and uh, I don't really see any eruptions coming. It should get better. It, today should be better than tomorrow. How deep, um, you, how, deep start, how deep are they out there? Yesterday we're getting our bites at 40 feet and 80 feet down. We were fishing and we were just offshore. We were fishing in 200 foot of water. They're still they're still moving, going to move their way onto the beach, and that's so exciting. But um, it's it's good. We're all happy here. It's happy days in Bodega Bay. I'll bet. I'll bet there's going to be a king salmon dance on the deck of that boat before you know it. Merlin, give them all the hookup info they need so they can get out there and share in the great action and opportunities that the Real Magic offers. Yeah, thank you very much, Sep. Uh, your listeners can get a hold of us at 707-875-BOAT. They can find us on the Internet at uh, at realmagicsportfishingcharters.com. And they can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Magic Captain. Absolutely quality boat, good speed on it, and plenty of room. Why wouldn't you book your trip right now? Give it a shot, folks. There's probably a few openings left along the way. Merlin Kolb aboard the Real Magic out of Bodega Bay. Thanks for hooking up with us, Merlin. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. All right. You do, too. Quick break right now. When we come back, we'll have RVs and destinations. And then Kevin Brock checks in with us with a pre-record because he's fishing the canyon again on the Sacramento River this morning. We'll be right back. It's time you head to the calm and productive waters of Bodega Bay and climb aboard the newest and nicest charter boat around, the Real Magic. Owned and operated by Mike Ogney and Captain Merlin Cole, this fully updated 34-foot catamaran is 12 feet wide, extremely stable, and powered by 700 horsepower. Equipped with all the latest in electronics and state-of-the-art equipment to ensure a successful day, the Real Magic will get you on the fish fast and back to harbor in comfort and safety. Don't miss your opportunity to fish with the best. Real Magic. Call 707-875-BOLT and check them out on the web at realmagicsportfishingcharters.com. Northern California's newest tackle shop, Bodega Tackle, is located in Penaluma, right on the way to Bodega Bay. Bodega Tackle, a one-stop shop, features high-quality live and frozen tray baits, plus a full selection of tackle for bay and ocean fishing, as well as tackle for freshwater species. Owner Ken Brown and his experienced staff are on hand and ready to help anglers get rigged up. Need fresh line? Bring in reels for a new line at the Berkeley Line Winding Station. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and at bodegatackle.com. Bodega Tackle, open seven days a week. Stop by and you'll catch more fish. Lorenz is the leader in marine electronics, design, and manufacturing. And their new HDS Live Series with active imaging and GPS mapping products are cutting-edge technology and light years ahead of the competition. Lorenz offers a comprehensive range of products for your every need. From entry-level fish locators to the most sophisticated marine electronics on the market today, they're easy to use and are backed by a comprehensive advantage service program. The new Live Series with active imaging and 3-in-1 sonar combines Lorenz Chirp with side-scan and down-scan imaging allowing anglers to quickly search fish holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity and target separation. Lorance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate and high-performance features at competitive pricing. Clearer views, less clutter, more targets, incredible shallow and deep water performance. Lorance has it all. Check out the new HDS Live with touchscreen display and the entire line of marine electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at Lorance.com. Lorance is the perfect locator for you. Brad's Sight, Sit, and vibrations. That's what makes Brad's super baits and cut plugs killers for 
salmon, trout, and kokanee. And here's a tip. If you haven't tried the kokanee and mini cut plugs for midday salmon, large trout, or landlocked kings, you're absolutely missing out on the action. Brad's Killer Fish is the truest running J-plug on the market. Just ask the NorCal guides. It's quickly becoming the go-to plug for solid hookups. Check Brad's out at your favorite tackle retailer or at Brad's Killer Fishing Gear on Facebook or Instagram. Committed to excellence, Brad's Killer Fishing Gear makes products for the avid fisherman and beginner alike, and all products are fisherman tested and fish approved. It's time for RVing and destinations sponsored by Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Since 1970, Manteca Trailer and Motorhome has cared for their customers with warm, personal attention and high standards of product and service excellence. They offer customers great value in pricing on industry leaders such as Jayco, Winnebago, Newmar, and many more. You'll be amazed by the selection of new and used RVs, toy haulers, fifth wheels, trailers, and motorhomes, and the huge inventory to choose from. Recipient of the West Coast Dealer of the Year and multiple Best of awards, Manteca Trailer and Motorhome has become one of Northern California's highest volume RV dealers. And now, here's Sepp with another great reason to be outdoors and RVing. For those of you that are thinking about buying a new motorhome, one of the biggest curiosities is what it's like to really drive one. Whether it's the little small vans like you see out there on the road, or the big monster diesel pushers. The truth is that many owners come to love travel days and others learn to hate them because they're so intimidated by the RV. A little practice and experience, of course, are part of the equation, but there's some simple steps that any motorhome owner can make that make driving more comfortable. Now, here's just a few ways motorhome owners and old-timers can get comfortable and confident behind the wheel, whether they've got a new or a used motorhome. Number one, it starts at the dealer lot. If you get a chance to take a unit out for a ride, drive, do it. You need to know what it feels like. This monster going down the road, you'll be surprised you've got a lot more control over it. And it seems a lot smaller when you're behind the wheels. The bottom line is get experienced, know what it feels like to be sitting there, ask questions, and see how it feels to sit in the captain's seat before you go by or drive a long ways enjoying your motorhome heading down the road. Get comfortable with it up front. Take a test drive. Get out there and see what it feels like, how it rattles, what you need to pay attention to, and making sure you can change lanes, find the signal changers, all the good things that you need to do, turning on windshield wipers, headlights, all of those things. Get comfortable looking around at the mirrors and comfortable on the road. And you need to learn to communicate. Another pair of eyes and ears are always valuable when you're backing into a spot, pulling out of a site, or just buying gas at a gas station. Establish a communication plan with your partner or your co-pilot for common maneuvers like changing lanes, backing up, parking. Sure, the scenery may be tough to ignore sometimes, but knowing you have a partner to help you get in trouble-free is a lot easier than banging off a tree or a couple of concrete posts. That includes hand signals for pulling in and out of campsites for sure, but you might want to try those simple little walkie-talkies where you can talk back and forth and not be heard yelling all over the campground, especially when you're not happy about something. Well, take a walk around before you leave, that's for sure. Building confidence on the road is gained by walking around your RV and making sure everything is unhooked, everything's unplugged, the sewer hose is put away, the awning's in, your electrical stuff's unplugged and all stored, and everything's locked up and ready to roll. Makes it a whole lot more fun when you go camping, if you feel confident with what you're doing.
I do. Stop by Manteca Trailer and Motorhome on Highway 120. Check the full inventory of new and used RVs, trailers, motorhomes, and a huge retail store and showroom with parts and accessories. The state-of-the-art service facility is one of the largest in the western states, featuring 30 bays to get you up to speed and back on your way RVing. Review the entire inventory at the MantecaTrailer.com website with photos and pricing, or better yet, stop by and take a look. Low prices, huge selection, great service. There's no need to look any further. Manteca Trailer and Motorhome catering to sportsmen around the West. We're not the biggest, we're the nicest. The Bob Davis people at Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Manteca! And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Henderson. Hey, we're back and our next guest is our good friend Kevin Brock with FishKevinBrock.com or as they call him nowadays, ZZ Brock. He's salmon fishing up on the Sacramento River. He's in the canyon between Red Bluff and the Redding area. It's a little difficult for cell phone reception there. It's very tight. It's very uh, deep holes and deep pockets. They're pulling out about one to three fish a day, and it's not bad, but it's going to get absolutely wide open here one of these days real soon, and you need to be paying attention. And if you don't have a reservation, you might not be going. Here's what Kevin has to say. Hey, good morning, Seth and Kent Brown. How are you guys doing? Well, it's been another week of, well, let's, let's face it. It's, it's been terrible. Uh, slow salmon fishing, uh, in our area, in our local area. Uh, the doggone water's been hot. The temperature's been hot. Fish are moving through. You know, they're still catching fish out in the ocean. So that's been good. So we know fish are still coming, you know, and uh, you move your way up to the retro sack where the American, you know, meets the, confluence of the sacramento right there they're still getting a few but nothing nothing like it was last week but don't worry listen to the end of the report things will change so as as we move up river uh verona and the guys i was talking to up there that were getting one to four a day are now uh zero 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 maybe one again all last week so we don't have to go over but all the way up to redding area uh even in the canyon barge hole you know zero one, if you're lucky, uh, buddy of mine hooked two yesterday, got one. So, I mean, that's what it's been, but things will change. We're not going to dwell on last week. We're going to move forward and talk about next week and what can be happening in the future. Fish are coming. We know there's lots and lots of fish for the river system. So keep at it. The temperatures are going to drop. Uh, all this next week, the uh, temperatures, instead of being in the hundreds, are going to be in the 80s, mid 80s, uh, you know, low 90, things like that. The water temperature is going to cool off. Those fish are going to start biting. So the guys over on the feather are still being consistent. Some of the guys on the bank, there was fish caught there yesterday, the day before. The bank anglers are still scoring fish, you know, throwing beads uh, off the banks or spinners early, early in the morning at some really big, nice, beautiful fish. So we know there's some big kings around. We know they're coming through. It's just, honestly, last week was just brutal. It was just hot. So moving forward, there was uh, up in the Trinity uh, River, lots of steelhead, lots of salmon up there. Probably your best bet because it's cooler water. The Klamath River got reports from over there. Guys are catching a ton of steelhead from one to three, lots of half pounders. Some nice fish up to five pounds are showing up. And some big adult salmon are starting to sneak through. The Klamath is ready to bust wide open. So this next week, Klamath would be a good bet. If that water temperature gets down below, you know, 70 degrees in retro, 
man, get out there and go fishing. Watch the reports and, and talk to buddies. Uh, give me a call and I'll let you know where I'm at, what I'm doing and, and what we're seeing. But um, as this next week goes, I'm going to be in the barge hole area, barge hole canyon. There's lots of fish. I'm marking lots of fish. I'm seeing fish roll all around me. They're just not biting. You know how it is when you're 110 degrees and you've been running all day. The last thing you feel like doing is eating anything. You just want to rest. Well, that's what they're doing. They're just resting. As soon as we see this temperature change and just a little bit of uh, weather change for us, they're going to go off and we're going to be saying, no, it wasn't zero to two. It wasn't zero to one. It was eight for 10. It was 10 for 12. It was, oh man, I got a 40 pounder because they're there. There's lots and lots of big fish. So anybody who was discouraged last week, hey, throw that behind us. That's in the past. Move forward. And all the way up the system, there's fish in the rivers. We just got to have things cool down a little bit. And here we go. So if it were me, if I was going bank fishing, I'd go to the Feather. You know, if I was, if I could travel, I'd go to the Klamath or the Trinity. Check the regulations on the Trinity. There's lots of different stuff, but there's lots and lots of salmon in there. And then the week after that, I'd be right where I'm going to be, Barge Hole Canyon area, to get some of these big fish. Well, Kent Brown, Sep, man, we can't thank you guys enough for what you do for our industry. Because of you guys, uh, you know, lots and lots of people are able to continue fishing and get information. Love you lots. Any information they need, 800-995-5543. And uh, never forget, you know, everybody's crazy about a fish catching man. Fish on! That man never misses an opportunity to throw in a one-liner. You know, and, and it's just, he's got such great information, but he's, you know, you know, Kevin. He know he, ne- he is Mr. Networking. He knows everything yeah. going on in every river, and that's why he's a vital By the way, and I important think source. pre-recording is the way to go with Kevin, because you just wind him up, turn him on. Yeah. We can go get a cup of coffee. Yeah, because normally we <laughs> used to sit here wondering, is he going to take is a Is he going to stop? Is he going to stop, Kevin? Now we just let him go. Yeah, just go for it, and we can hit stop. No, he covered he covered all kinds of stuff. I mean, that's the cool part. He covered, you know, end to end of where the salmon are headed. Well, I appreciate it very much that Kevin was able to contribute. Uh, roll it in there. Fishing is fun, but hooking is the only way. We're going to show you how to catch some fish today. Well, that can only mean one thing. The man himself, the rod father, joins us live, Mr. Alan Fong. Good morning, Alan. Morning. How you guys doing? Dude, hey. I'm in here showing Sep how to tie a snell knot. I'm in here trying now to... he wants to go punching. I want to start punching with chatterbaits <laughs> or whatever the hell you were dropping through. Some big gob of plastic on the end of a weight. Mm-hmm. I watched that video, you Alan. Did. I was just as excited watching your punching one as I was watching the frog ones. I might want to go catch a bass one day. Well, I know a guy. Do you? Yeah. Well, maybe I can get a couple on of them. Maybe it's, Alan, maybe we need to take Sep bass fishing and we'll we'll video it for your YouTube channel. God, they wouldn't believe it was me. They'd never <laughs> believe it was me. <laughs> Punch is real easy. You don't have to cast. <laughs> Just sling it out there and let it go down and catch a fish for Drop you. Drop it in the hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize there were so many channels and everything that those fish swim through. I look at it and I figure it's solid all the way to the bottom. It's not, is it, yeah. Alan? No, it's different. You know, underneath those that grass, there's a might be a two foot deeper slot down there, and they'll sit right on the edge of that thing. So a lot of these places, you know, used to not have any weeds, and I remember where they are. I just pitch around and find them. 
You know, they got to be, they got to be sitting there for a reason. And the reason's got to be bait, ideal water temperatures and an opportunity to kill anything that swims by it. So, and I'll tell you, Seth, years ago, I, uh, I tried to idle through one of those big green mats at the Delta, you know, just, and I found out <laughs> yeah, that, do, done that too. hitting them in about 70 is a lot better idea. But the one thing I found when I tried to idle it and, and I got hung up and I was, you know, powering in reverse and forward and reverse and reverse and it was, <laughs> Throwing all this stuff in my boat. And I realized then when I look on Alan's laughing because he's done minnows. it. Snails, minnows, crayfish, sunfish. bluegills, sunfish. Everything was under those weed beds, a whole ecosystem under those weed beds. That's right. It's like driving yeah. into McDonald's for some of those Exactly right. Alan's laughing because he's done the same thing. Don't of let him kid you. Of course. We've all done it. I've dragged 20 feet of that stuff behind my boat and see fish swim out of it. Yeah. Yeah, they they ought to make rope out of it. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> they really should. To heck with hemp. Let that stuff work for us. Well, Alan, it's yeah. it's it's always great seeing the videos that come out. Alan's got the great YouTube channel, obviously. That Alan Fong Outdoors. You can check it out all the time out there. But you're putting together some great stuff. Every one of them seems to be more informative. You and Denise are really starting to work out a great format there. Yeah, we're getting there, you know, and it's. Uh been interesting is this a lot of the stuff i go where'd that come from she goes remember i do the editing <laughs> <laughs> yes she does and i remember her telling you don't be b- mad at me because i lose them you lose them too and you looked at her and goes, no i don't and i thought to myself oh yes he does yes, mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> never make the editor mad because you'll wind up on the editing room floor yeah they won't tell you your <laughs> zipper was down for that whole no, last they segment won't. will they well alan they the great thing that I really find in your videos is the one week you're giving us a lesson, you're showing us a new way to fish or a way that to fish correctly because so many people get off the way it needs to be done. I called up Kent after watching your videos, and I wanted to compare it to Thule dipping and the same kind of techniques because you got this big gob showing up out of nowhere for the fish out there. And I started thinking, you know, the similarities – are obvious with bass as well as with the stripers and everything else out there. Do the stripers get in on these chatterbaits and everything too? Oh yeah. This last, I did one, you know, earlier, earlier, well, probably like three, four months ago on chatterbaits and stripers. I was smoking them. Well, and you know, the thing that's putting the kind of bait cause the stripers feed on crawdads and you're, I'm only in two feet of water, and you can't throw any kind of lure without getting weeds on your lure every cast, but the chatterbait seems to shake them off, and, man, we were cramming them. Well, the way you have I, to lock up the weight and lock up your, your bait and everything on there uh, really does it, and that's such an important aspect of it, isn't it? It's the presentation. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, you know, I... When I'm punching, I used to snail, but I don't know more when I'm doing the thick stuff because every time I bring it up, the hook is at an L, you know, it's at an angle, and I have to readjust everything. And I don't seem to miss as many fish as people think. You know, I think they read too much. If you don't do it, go actually go out and do it, and then you don't know. But if I could pitch five times and another guy only pitches twice, I'm going to outfish them. Heck, yes. So what knot are you tying on it? I tie a double trilene, so I go through the eye twice, Got twist you. it three times, and back through. Okay. I thought he was going to say I tie the Alan Fong special. Yeah, so I'm not, you have to pay him to find, find it out on what the it YouTube is. YouTube channel, Alan <laughs> yeah. Fong Outdoors. Yeah, you can subscribe and send me money. Yeah. Yeah, hey. we went over this at work with the guys, 
because they said, oh, you need to do a polymer. So I showed them. I said, here, wrap this 30-pound maxima on that, on that sinker. And I just twitched it, and it snapped. And they're going. And then I showed them on the snail, you know, how it comes up crooked. And they go, yeah, it does it all the time. I'm always adjusting. I said, well. Don't listen to me then. I don't care. Well, and a lot of the times with the snell knot, the guys are running their, uh, they're running their bobber stop too tight. And if the bobber stop's too tight, then, uh, then it also makes it a little yeah. bit, a little bit of gap there. Just, just let it just move just eight, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, eight quarter of an inch. Is so all that you it, need. so that it's talking or chattering. Hey, Alan, how many snow. times you got the whole rig tied on and realized you left off the bobber stop? Yeah. Never. Uh, oh, yeah, right. I'll call the BS on that <laughs> one right, right here. Hey, Alan, half of your shows are all about techniques, like we're talking about with the chatterbait and through the, through the heavy stuff. But the other show yeah, you put are. on, the other show you put on each week is a great update on fishing reports and you're getting more and more expansive in that. And I even listen to them all the time myself, but here's one for you. Have you, has anybody shown you the latest pictures from Folsom? I got a guide here. I just saw the photo in Western Outdoor News. Braden Ellis. Never met him. Don't know who he is. I'm going to find out. Slabs only guide service. Standing up in his boat with a 10 and 13 pound king out of Folsom. That's that's impressive fisheries. And I don't know why you haven't been there. And there's another guy named Brian Fogel that's on the, uh, he's on the Folsom uh, Facebook page. Yeah, that guy, he knows that, he knows that place. It comes to Kings, he catches some big things. Yeah, he does. And we gotta track him down. So I we gotta get talk, him on the show. I wanna talk to both of these guys. Yeah. Vogel is the other guy. Brian Vogel, yeah. F-O-L? Or F-O-G-L-E. Yeah, Brian's getting a free plug today on the radio show. Alan, talking about those it. are impressive <laughs> fish. There's no question oh, yeah. about it. And Folsom is not the easiest place to fish. Folks, I can tell you right now, they're hanging down there in deep water. They're as close to the dam in deep water as they can get. If there's some valleys or some moguls or underwater rises out there creating structure, they're going to be hanging on the edge of that, down probably in the deeper water, looking up for something to come by. 10 and 13 pounders makes it worthwhile to do it. Don't talk about it any longer. We've been talking about going there by this. Don't have enough time. Yeah, well, that's why we're, that's why we're all scrambling because we're getting old. We don't have enough time. There's too many places to go. Yeah, you got that right. So, but I know it's a, it's a good fishery just talking to a lot of people that come in the shop. And one of the things about Bolton is they throw that channel and they head towards South Fork and they lose their downrigger weights (laughs) because there's a set of treaties out there that they're all finding. (laughs) <laughs> I wish they'd quit pointing those out, to be quite honest with you, because not many folks knew those trees were out there until these trollers started going, oh, I hung a Christmas ornament on another tree. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you guys you guys love the trees. We hate the trees. Yes, shut up about the trees that are in that channel when the when the lake gets low. Then I won't Please. say anything about Indian Valley, okay? Well, no, I mean, yeah, Indian but Indian Valley, Valley you know has trees. It, you think Folsom, they cut them all out. They Indian Valley doesn't have trees. They have dead wood sticking up out of the water with Christmas ornaments everywhere on it. Yeah, you can't get them out, that's for sure. Oh, it's it's pathetic. Well, folks, if you'd like to check out a absolutely great YouTube channel, check out Alan Fong Outdoors for all the great action going on. He's got to get up to Berryessa pretty quick. I don't know if you saw or heard, but Buddy Sean McCoddle went up there uh, this week, and he got a bunch of rainbows up to 21, dude. He did, huh? Yeah, he yeah. did. And my, my boat's, my boat's ready to go. It's an impressive stringer of fish. They had a couple of them that were maybe 14s 
and the others are like 19s, 20s, and a, I believe a 21. Oh, nice. You've yeah. had your boat for and you haven't been out yet? It's been 105 degrees, Alan. How many times have you been out in 105 <laughs> degrees this week? I go four times. Yeah, with air conditioning, I'd go too, Al. <laughs> yeah, right in a bass boat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I've been in Kent's boat. I know what air conditioning hey, is. That's another 10 miles an hour. Step, I think we need to take you punching. I'm game for anything with bass after watching with, I want to go f- tossing a frog. I mean, I'm, I think that would be hookable. I know, a, I know a guy with a ranger in his garage. <laughs> well, get it out of the damn garage. All right, Alan, I appreciate you joining us every week. And folks, if you haven't tapped his uh, genius when it comes to fishing, you can do that at Fisherman's Warehouse stores. He's right there in the Sacramento store all the time or most of the time. And if not, he's right here on California Sportsman, getting you up to date on the latest action, excitement, and good bites that are taking place. And uh, next week, you'll be here live in the studio with us again, first of the month, right? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we want you in here every week, Al. We have a party yeah, in here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Alan Fong with Fisherman's Warehouse Stores. The best part about him is Alan Fong Outdoors. Make sure you check it out. It's a free subscription. Just click on subscription. It'll pop up for you every week right there. Alan, thanks for hooking up with us, and thanks for sharing your knowledge with our listeners. It's always appreciated. Next week. All right. All right. Take care, my friend. He's having some fun. Let's take a quick break right now. When we come back, Mr. Mike Ogney is going to get us up to speed on what's going on in the salt water, whether it's bay or out in the ocean. Right after this, y'all stick around. You're going to get hooked. Captain Jay Lopes of Right Hook Sport Fishing invites you to climb aboard his 26-foot parker, the Right Hook, berthed at Martinez, for an enjoyable day or night of fishing on the productive sturgeon and striper waters of Sassoon Bay and the Delta. One of the fastest six-pack boats around, the Right Hook has a fully enclosed heated cabin that easily accommodates up to six anglers, fully rigged with all the marine electronics and high-quality fishing gear you'll need. Right Hook Sport Fishing keeps their clients in the action, moving seasonally from the ocean to the bays. Halibut, stripers, sturgeon, rockfish, salmon, or albacore. Whatever the quarry, wherever it hides, Captain Jay Lopes will get you there and back in comfort and safety. Give him a call at 916-417-5670 and book a trip now. Or check him out on the web at righthooksportfishing.com. Since 1952, Scotty has been recognized for product excellence, and their entire line of downriggers and accessories is unmatched in performance and dependability. With full-size and compact models available for both freshwater and saltwater, Scotty has downrigger for every on-the-water need. Scotty Downriggers, isn't it time you joined the Scotty team? Founded in 1950. Daiwa is considered to be one of the best rod and reel manufacturers in the world. And Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores stock the entire line of Daiwa products. That's why seasoned anglers select Daiwa's popular precision casting reels with and without built-in line counters. The Lexa 100 is perfect for trout and salmon trollers. And the Lexa 300 is top choice when trolling stripers and other large game fish. Whether trolling for your favorite game fish or searching the depths for your next trophy catch, Daiwa has the perfect real. See the entire lineup from Daiwa at all Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Lawrence is the leader in marine electronics, design, and manufacturing. 
manufacturing. And their new HDS Live Series with active imaging and GPS mapping products are cutting-edge technology. They're easy to use and are backed by a comprehensive Advantage service program. The new Live Series with active imaging and 3-in-1 sonar combines Larange Chirp with side-scan and down-scan imaging, allowing anglers to quickly search fish-holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity and target separation. Lowrance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate and high-performance features at competitive pricing. Clearer views, less clutter, more targets, incredible shallow and deep-water performance. Lowrance has it all. Check out the new HDS Live with touchscreen display and the entire line of marine electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at Lowrance.com. Lowrance is the perfect locator for you. Now, now here's USAFishing.com's Mike Ogney with our Saltwater Bay and Coastal Report. Push the button twice, Seth. Good morning, Mr. Ogney. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. I hate my friend James Smith right now, but you're okay. Why? Why, why do you hate James? Oh, he's up in Alaska. That's right. Yeah, he went and saw his brother Steve right down the road from uh, from my place. I've been telling the whole audience how it all lines up with the whole family there, including James' dad. No, it's it's uh, it's a really good time. I mean, you get all those characters together. Look out! Uh, there's not enough ice cubes <laughs> or state troopers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, what's going on in the salt? We've got San Francisco Bay. We left the halibut behind for the great action with the salmon. Some guys have left the salmon action behind for the ling and rock cod action that's going on. It's been good. You know, we've, we've had a great run of weather the past few days. You know, we have not had the greatest weather. This whole summer has been kind of on the sloppy side, but it's just been dead calm the past few days. I just looked at the buoy, Bodega Bay buoy, just a few minutes ago. It was dead calm with a five-foot swell. You can't really ask for better conditions than that. Um, it's kind of typical for this time of year for us to see a lot of really calm weather. And the fish have been biting uh, – Pretty damn good. Out of the day yesterday, the real magic, my partner, uh, Merlin, he had a fish per rod on salmon, some really nice, big, I think he had like a 20-pound average. It was said. 20 pounds or better. I got pictures of every one of them that he sent me this morning. Absolutely beautiful hanging 20-pounders or better. Yeah, then my uh, uh, fellow board of director on the Golden State Salmon Association, Vance Stapleton, he had a a limit that went 26 and 42 out of Bodega yesterday, and I've heard of a I heard of another 45 pounder caught out the Golden Gate. So the, you know we're seeing it's been a fish per rod up to limits for some of the skiffs fishing offshore of Bodega Bay. Um, the San Francisco boats have been mostly going south this week, and they're seeing right around a fish per rod, some less, some more, depends on the boat. And then I heard. Um, uh, one of the boats from Emeryville scored a 170-pound bluefin yesterday. I don't know the whole story on it, but I uh, saw that on the Emeryville fish counts. And God, went, I wonder oh. if they targeted that or caught it on salmon. Oh, they didn't catch it on salmon gear then. No, the no, 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 you don't, you don't catch 170. No, pounds. you don't. <laughs> or it's quite an accomplishment that would have been on the uh, New York Times. Yeah, <laughs> Just jumped in the boat. And whoever manufactured the reel is going to sell a zillion of them, but it just doesn't happen. That's like catching a salbacore, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's uh, <laughs> j- just as rare, but it was, uh, Personal no, I, think joke. They were off- I think they're offshore targeting them. And there's been, you know, we've been seeing pockets of, of jumpers on the offshore water. Some of the guys have been, uh, out albacore 
fishing and seeing uh, bluefin jumping. So um, they're out there, and uh, someone got awful lucky yesterday. But if you're looking for salmon, Bodega Bay, the Golden Gate, now is the time. The season's going <clears> to <throat> start winding down. Those fish, they got their noses pointed towards the, the rivers, and uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be heading to home, looking to spawn here uh, shortly. So you might as well get out. And catch a few um, while the fishing is really good, and, and the size and the quality is just fantastic. The grade is perfect. The appearance of the health of these fish are absolutely perfect. They are built up strong. They aren't emaciated like we've seen some fish come through in the past. This ocean has really recovered after having that big turnover that screwed things up a few years ago. Hang on, folks. It's going to be a great run. And Mike has already predicted that even though we're going to have a great run in the rivers this year when everything clicks, he's he's expecting a better one next year because of the efforts of the Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Golden State Salmon Association and everybody else that supported the trucking operations, getting these fish around the deadly delta so that they can return and come back. Yeah, and I know it was a really bold statement, but I'm just I'm going on what I'm seeing out in the ocean. I'm just seeing so many two-year-olds. We're starting to see some some of the fish that were planted just this past uh, uh, spring. A lot of the captains you start to see are, some little 11, 12 inches. You start seeing that, and you're just it's like, wow. The captains are already reporting that they're catching. They had to have a lot of shakers, and I'm thinking that's the best news I've heard in a long time. Exactly. Well, when are you going back to Alaska? Um, you can hate me next Sunday. Oh man, you're just somebody. About- I keep telling my my wife, someone has to open it up, someone has to close it up, and I just I volunteer. Tell your wife I volunteer too. <laughs> Can't you have James just swing by and do it while he's there? Yeah, no, right. no, no, no. There's, there's certain <laughs> special stuff. You yeah, know? right. Somebody has to roll the hose up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the cars, lawn. Car's got to be parked uh, perfect in the garage. Uh-huh, I got it. I Mike got Ogney it. with USAFishing.com getting us up to speed on saltwater. Folks, there's still halibut in the bay. There's still halibut out on the shelf. Not the Pacific halibut, the California halibut. There's still king salmon all over the coast for you to opportunities, and they're working their way in for the best salmon season in the rivers that we've had in years if everything lines up right. And I think Mother Nature will figure out a way to make it happen. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you also for your efforts with the Golden State Salmon Association. Your efforts are always appreciated when you're fighting for the fisheries for everybody else. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. You take care, my friend. Thanks for hooking up with us. We will check with you again real soon. Well, Mr. Brown, I had a buddy of mine that had his girlfriend convinced that his boat was stuck on the trailer. He had to take it to the lake and float it off. Yeah, I told Soak my, it, he said. I told a wife one time that I was out of gas and I was going to fish all night. <laughs> and I did. We'll be right back. It's not over yet. Stick around for more fishing, hunting, and outdoor action in the second hour of the award-winning California Sportsman with Sepp Hendrickson. Coming up next.
Lawrence is the leader in marine electronics design and manufacturing, and their new live series of fish finders are state-of-the-art for today's anglers and light years ahead of the competition. From entry-level finders to the most sophisticated Lawrence electronics on the market, Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores in Manteca, Sacramento, and Fairfield have it all, and their trained sales staff will help you find the exact unit you need. Fisherman's Warehouse and Lawrence Electronics, providing sportsmen with the ultimate high-performance fish-finding features and the best possible pricing. Check out the new Lawrence Live and the full line of Lawrence products at your favorite Fisherman's Warehouse location. Quail Point Hunt Club offers sportsmen affordable upland game bird hunts starting at only $80. For pheasant, quail, and chucker on 2,000 acres of natural cover in the rolling hills near Zamora. And their new and challenging sporting clays course is one of the finest in the state. Hone your shooting skills, enjoy the day hunting the field, or start your dog on a training program. Located only 30 minutes from Sacramento and one hour from the Bay Area, Quail Point Hunt Club and Olive Hill Kennels offer California sportsmen the best in upland shooting sports. Check them out on the web at quailpoint.com. Now, here's owner David Martin. Good morning, sportsmen. Quail Point opens for our 29th season, Saturday, October 22nd. Bird cards are currently available for purchase throughout the season. However, if you purchase your bird card prior to August 1st, you'll get 10% early bird bonus added to whatever you buy. So if you buy 20 pheasants, you'll get 22. If you purchase 40 chucker, you'll get 44 and so on. You don't need to plan out your entire season when you buy your bird card. You can always add any number of birds to your card throughout the season. Quail Point will be open Wednesdays through Sundays from 8 to 3, starting October 22nd through the end of March. Until then, we're shooting Sporting Glaze Thursdays through Sundays from 8 to 3. Call us with any questions at 530-735-6217 or check us out at quailpoint.com. If you spend more time telling the one that got away stories instead of showing off giant fish pictures, get to Fisherman's Warehouse and grab some Gamakatsu hooks. Gamakatsu has hundreds of hooks for every technique, and Fisherman's Warehouse has the full selection. Change to the world's sharpest hooks from Gamakatsu, improve your fish catching, and end the lost fish stories. Fisherman's Warehouse in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield all carry a full selection of Gamakatsu hooks for every fishing application. Stop in today or shop online at Fisherman'sWarehouse.com. The Northern California coast is ground zero for ocean king salmon fishing, and the flagship of the Eureka fleet is the vessel Shellback, owned and operated by professional angler and veteran captain Tony Sepulveda of Greenwater Fishing Adventures. On the doorstep of the best salmon fishing on the planet, usually fishing within three miles of the harbor, the entire area is the home of the state's largest Pacific halibut, too. Experience the best. Greenwater Fishing Adventures, the North Coast's most exciting guide service, offering great ocean action plus river trips for freshwater water salmon steelhead and stripers too check out eurekafishing.net or call tony sepulveda now at 707-845-9588 Born your sportsman with seth hendrickson Hey, we're back, and uh, you heard the music right there, the intro and the commercial for Tony Sepulveda. Well, Greenwater Fishing Adventures have been racing out when they can, heading out for Albacore off of the Eureka Coast of California. I want to know more about it, and I want to know what else he's doing when the water is a little on the rougher side out there. Let's go live right now to the man himself, Captain Tony Sepulveda with Greenwater Fishing Adventures. Good morning, Captain. Morning, guys. How you doing? Hey, we're doing great, but I'd like you to tell our listeners what a typical day is like from the moment the clients get to the docks on an albacore trip. 
Oh, I mean, there's a little variability, but typically we're getting off the dock pretty early. I think we uh, we left the dock at 5.30 on this last one here. And uh, get a little jump on things while it's still dark and, uh, you know, let the sun come up when we're about 15 miles offshore there. It wasn't a real long run to where the fish were on this last round. It was about uh, 30 miles is where we were doing our work, so so not too bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you never quite know what you're going to find when you get out there. It's, uh, conditions are always changing and there's a lot of variability, but, uh, looking at satellite images, this last one, which set up as perfect as it possibly could be, um, good hot water, like I said, about 29 miles from the Harbor, uh, perfect chlorophyll on it and everything looked right. And, uh, fish were right where they were supposed to be. And how was the albacore action? Were they small? Was it wide open? Was it hunt and peck? It was pretty darn wide open once we got located. It took us an hour to kind of find fish, and uh, and then it was pretty good fishing. We had uh, we pulled the plug. At, uh, it was about noon we wrapped it up, and we had 54, and they were all a big grade, probably a 20-pound average on them. That's a nice size. It was a lot of meat. A nice-sized fish. I would imagine most of these are relatively experienced anglers because first-timers should think twice before they do this, shouldn't they? <laughs> Anybody can handle it. We get them coached up, and they're ready to go. Well, I know you got the tackle on board that can get the fish for them, but, you know, anytime you're thinking about 30 miles out, 20 miles out, whatever the case may be, there's always that, boy, he's not that experienced of an angler out here. (laughs) And hopefully you got some great coaching going on with your deckhand as well as you out there on the deck of the boat. That's right. I am the deckhand, though. We don't run a deckhand. It's a one-man show on this boat. Well, but we got it all handled and everybody had a great time. And, uh, you know, you never know when you're going to get a shot of these things. People always ask me, what's it take to, you know, to get on an albacore trip? And unfortunately, there really is no way to plan them. Um, a couple days out is normally when I, when I see things shaping yeah, up. It's, it's like you don't, you just can't call him up and say, when's the next albacore trip going out? It doesn't yeah. work that way. He, he's got a, it doesn't. he's got a mess of people that want to go every time there's an opportunity. What do you do? Slam out an email or something real quick? Yeah, I usually just text or run through my run through my call list there, shoot out some texts. And, you know, a lot of times the boat's already booked with something else, too. And uh, so, you know, for for the majority of the trips I run, I've already got a crew on board. It's just a question of, of what we're going to go fishing for. I'll call them up the night before and say, hey, uh, I know we were scheduled to go do a do a remote waters link on our doorstep. Uh, you guys want to make that call instead. Usually people are pretty excited about it. Yeah, I would think. I would think they'd be thrilled with that. Well, Tony, albacore fishing uh, can be uh, very rough out there. It can be choppy. How often can you get out there with the conditions every month? You know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's not real common. Um, like last year, we only got two days in out there. Uh, the years before that, I think I fished about 15 days for, for tuna each day or each year. And uh, I've been three times already this year. Looks like we got another shot maybe coming into the into the picture here middle of next week. Looks like maybe uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are going to be offshore days. Any chance of anybody calling you up and uh, getting a spot if and when? Uh-oh. Did I lose you? There we go. I got gotcha. you. Oh, any chance that people could get a spot on those or are they going to be spoken for? Full boats all of those days right now. Yeah, that's that's generally yeah. the way it works. It's a very popular fishery. And I also want to caution you folks, just don't jump on any boat and head out there. Go out there with an experienced, totally legit captain that has all the things that he needs, including his captain's license. You get out that far, it's a long way back, folks, if you have problems. 
And these guys know what they're doing. They're networking. They're communicating. You don't have any problems. And when you're dealing with a professional like Tony Zapolvita, you just listen to what the man says. You're going to come home with a bunch of fish. That's generally the case. Tony, what are you going to be doing in between the very few albacore trips? What do you got planned? We've got our remote waters bottom fish trips that we're still running a lot of. Uh, the lingcod fishing has just been uh, been ridiculous here the last couple of weeks. Lots of big lings chewing. And uh, and then, of course, all the big rockfish that we've got up here, all the untouched rockfish. Uh, pretty remote fishery that doesn't get a lot of pressure, and that's why I get so many people that, uh, that drive up from the Bay Area to come do this. Even though there's closer places they can catch a rockfish and a lingcod, it's, uh, it's not quite like what we have up here. What's going on with salmon up in your neck of the woods now? There's some salmon around. It hasn't been red hot. I haven't been putting a lot of focus on it, but there are definitely some salmon around. Uh, most of it's out deep. 250 feet of water, dragging dragging your weights on the bottom has been the game. And if a guy goes out and puts in some time, uh, you know, he catch there's a few salmon to catch, but uh, but not quite what we uh, what we look for, not quite what we really want to see. But uh, but there are some salmon. One of the best places in the world to go fishing, folks, is that lost coast outside of Eureka. Climb on board with Captain Tony Zapolvo with Greenwater Fishing, and you won't be disappointed. Tony, give them all the hookup information they need so they can climb on board. Website to check out is eurekafishing.net. You can also check us out on Facebook. That's actually where I do more than on my website at this point. My website's a little outdated. Uh, Greenwater Fishing Adventures on Facebook. Phone number 707-845-9588. And yeah, if you do want to get on an Albuquerque call list, like I said, uh, previously, there's no way to, there's really no way to predict it. But if you want to get on the call list, shoot me a text is the best way to do it. And, uh, and I'll put you on the list. And if we get an opportunity, we'll try to get you out there. There you have it, folks. Hey, hey, Tony, outdated websites are good. You look younger that way. I know. I look so handsome on my website. See, yeah, my, my website's outdated, too, with Ultimate Bass. So, yeah, there's and the reason we do that. It, not only that, we look better because they can't see the weight we've gained. <laughs> exactly <That's> right. right. <laughs> Captain Tony Zapulveda with Greenwater Fishing out of Eureka. Make sure you climb on board. Tony, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for checking in, boys. We'll talk to you later. All right. He's having some fun. Let's go to Stampede Reservoir, where this guy it's has... really nice up there this morning. Oh. It's hoodie weather up there. I bet it's colder than hell up there this yeah, morning. Yeah, it's hoodie weather this Let's morning. Let's check in with Tide Lines Guide Service, live on the water. It's Stampede Reservoir, chasing Kokanee. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, man. Let me get, get to the phone. I just had a quad. <laughs> just had a quad. Does that mean it was a Honda or yeah. some other variety, yeah. or did you actually hook four fish at the same time? Uh, four fish. We got two of them in. We got a left-hander that's losing fish left and right. Well, just take <laughs> that rod away from him, put it in his other hand. That'll make turn it over. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> turn hey, it. we 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 put a right hand rod in his uh in his hand, and he got the fish in about seventeen and a half inch. Uh, Big old, big old coconut. That's great. Well, the action up there just continues to keep impressing people. They're coming from all over the place. When my neighbor Troy Barr goes racing up there instead of fishing Berryessa, you know there's stuff going on. Yeah, it, it, it's not as easy as it was in June when you can use a uh, piece of tin foil for a dodger and a cigarette butt and catch a fish. You actually got to know what you're doing this time of year. A lot of guys that come up here are struggling. But you just you gotta you gotta trust your trust your electronics. You find the schools, you mark the schools, and you don't just keep turning every time you catch a fish. You you know because if you turn around, now all your rods or lines are underneath your boat, and you're not you're gonna it's hard to catch a fish when when they're all underneath the boat. Just keep going straight. There'll be another school another hundred yards in front of you. There's so many fish in the lake. That's what they're experiencing up there. In the old days, when we had small schools of fish that weren't as abundant. 
you'd be fishing five feet behind the lead ball on your downrigger and you could turn on a dime and go right back through them. But there's so many fish and so many schools up there. Just, just keep it easy and simple like the guides do so you can hook up one after another. James, is there any slowing of the action or is it still going strong? I, I imagine the fish are starting to drop deeper. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're starting, uh, right now we're between 80 and 95 feet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there, there's fish everywhere. I mean, if you, if you fish up high, you know, one in 10 fish would be a good fish. Uh, you're going to get a lot of next year's fish, but if you fish down below 80, 90 feet, you're, 90% of your fish are going to be good size. Yeah, those are the big spawners down there, the males and the females hanging out pretty much together. Some of the females will probably be avoiding the males as much as they can because they're pestering them for everything they can get. But the bite, these fish have become aggressive. The bite becomes a whole lot quicker once you get down into the zone, doesn't it? It, it is. And, you know, the, the key is to stay uh, away from the other boats. Uh, yesterday there was probably 50 boats in a couple hundred yard radius out here and they were all fighting with each other and i just stayed on the outskirts of them catching fish and then they all came to the outskirts uh where i was and i went to the middle catch fish i mean you just got to stay away from everybody i figured you were taking them back over into sage hen and when you came out of sage hen you were raising your downriggers and turning hard right and not letting them see you raised your downriggers I uh, don't don't know what you're talking about there, Seth. Yeah, I bet you don't. I've done. <laughs> I did it for years up there. It keeps those people off your tail, so they're not flying on it. You just troll right through, raise your downriggers over a 15 foot sandbar that sticks out there, and then lower them back down when you get over it. And the guy behind you doesn't know that sandbar is there, so he's going to get hung up, drag about, and he's going to not be driving on top of your lures anymore, folks. Very don't simple. they call that the? Isn't that called the James maneuver? I wouldn't be a bit surprised. <laughs> it was a seps maneuver for a long time. You can have it though now because I wouldn't ever do anything to like that to people. No, <laughs> never think of anything like that. Well, James, I know I the act, the river, <laughs> the action has got to be uh, just exceptional up there. This has got to be one of the best years, for, obviously, for kokanee fishing. Maybe not the biggest the lake's ever seen, but certainly bigger than it has been in the past few years. And you're going to be moving into the Sac Metro Salmon, taking a week or two off here pretty soon, and then heading to the Sacramento on October first. Opportunity. Yeah, I, I, might be a little, might be a little bit sooner. Uh, I want to test a couple of new things out. Then I'll be, uh, you know, if that doesn't pan out, then we also got the Delta. The Delta's freaking, it, it's never slowed down. You know, those fish never moved out to the ocean. So the Delta's chock full of stripers right now. Yeah. We've got Captain Justin Leonard coming on later. He may be out there chasing Delta stripers because uh, it's, it's maintaining. It's really consistent producing right now. That's just a great thing that's going on. Well, I know you need to get back to those customers and get those lines down, my friend. So give them all the information that they need to book you either for the Stampede Kokanee or to get on board for the great salmon fishing right here in the Sacramento metropolitan area on board with Tight Lines Guide Service. You can reach me toll-free at 888-975-0990. Website is www.fishtightlines.com. I have room Tuesday morning and Tuesday late morning and Wednesday late morning, and that's it. There you have it, folks, your best opportunity to scoot up there. You can do it this coming week. What a perfect opportunity. James, give them the 800. All right, yeah, 888-975-0990, and dress warm because it was in the mid-30s this morning, and we're still freezing our butts off. Yeah, and you will till about noon probably. Have a great day, James. Thanks for the report. We look forward to you being running around in the SAC metro area soon, too. All right, so, so take care. All right, do the same. 
Hey, Kent, it's about time for gun owners, isn't it? Well, you're, you know what? You are reading the uh, schedule over there. I'm proud of you. The legislature ends its session this week, Sep, and they're going to be doing some more damage to our Second Amendment gun rights uh, before they leave on Wednesday. So uh, Gun Owners of California is going to keep you uh, in the fight and uh, and make sure that uh, that you're informed of what's going on. And they want to make sure that you're supporting them by attending the Gun Owners of California Fairfield Vacaville Dinner. If you have too much to drink, just stay at Sep's house. Uh, that's going to be held at the Jelly Belly Factory. How fun is that? Uh, and catered by the good folks and our friends at Kinder's Barbecue uh, and their world-famous uh, prime rib dinner. And that's going to be Friday, September the 30th. Um, so uh, make sure that you uh, have a table reserved. It's always a fun night and a great cause to support Gun Owners of California. You can get all the info at gunownersca.com. Winner number 35, the 2022 Gun Owners of California, 52 guns, a 52 weeks raffle. Ticket number 737, Sam Bradley of Georgetown, California. Congrats, Sam. You got a Glock 17 pistol in 9mm. They're going to be sending you down to uh, Sportsman's Warehouse to do all the proper paperwork on that. Gun Owners of California, their 47th year, fighting for your gun rights. If you're not a member, you need to be. They're America's oldest pro-gun political action committee. One of the top six-pack operators in the Bay Area is Captain Steve Mitchell of Hooked Up Sport Fishing. Captain Steve's 27-foot top gun is a fishing machine loaded with all the amenities for your enjoyment, comfort, and safety. And with over 15 years of experience, Captain Steve is ready when you are. Docked in Berkeley and Martinez Marina seasonally. Hooked Up specializes in sturgeon and ocean salmon fishing. But the top gun also fishes year-round for halibut, stripers, shark, albacore, and rock cod. If it bites, we fish for it. Fish with the best. Captain Steve Mitchell of Hooked Up Sport Fishing. Call and book your trips at 707-655-6736 or check the website at hookedupsportfishing.com. Isn't it time you got hooked up? There's a new ghost in town. There's a new ghost in town. Ghost Bait and Tackle at 2550 West El Camino Avenue in Sacramento, owned and operated by Cedric Ghosted. Ghost Bait and Tackle supplies anglers with all the fresh water, warm water, and saltwater tackle and accessories for a great day on the water. Rods, reels, live and frozen baits, swim baits, jigs, line, hooks, lures, spinners, terminal tackle, and a whole lot more. Located between I-5 and I-80 at 2550 West Del Camino Avenue, Ghost B&T opens at 5 a.m. seven days a week with easy on-off freeway access to save your valuable fishing time. Catch the fishing spirit with Ghost Bait and Tackle, 916-692-8520. Heard of Brad's complete line of super baits, cut plugs, and killer fish for salmon, trout, and kokanee? How about Brad's crankbaits for bass or stripers? You're covered with over 100 colors and sizes, running true right out of the box. Bass professionals on tour use Brad's Wigglers when searching for bass on the bike. Find Brad's products including Made in the USA Terminal Tackle at local retailers and check out Brad's Killer Fishing Gear on Facebook or Instagram. Committed to excellence, Brad's Killer Fishing Gear makes products for the avid fisherman and beginner alike and all products are fisherman tested and fish approved. I got a garage full of fishing tackle and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. It's time for Pure Fishing's Pro Staff Tip of the Week. Brought to you by Berkeley, Penn, Abu Garcia, and Shakespeare. Manufacturers of the finest in fishing tackle and related products. 
Turn up the volume and listen close. We're sharing tips, techniques, latest innovations, the newest products, and legendary fish catching tactics from cold water, warm water, and salt water pros. They'll tell you how they did it with a little help from their friends at Berkeley, Penn, Abu Garcia, and Shakespeare. All you have to do is pay attention and then go fishing. And joining us in the Pure Fishing Pro Staff Tip of the Week is the man himself, our own senior tuna, Mr. Steve Carson, the director of Penn Fishing Universities. Good morning, tuna. Good morning, Seth. Well, what do you got for us? When I get a note back that says plenty to talk about, I know I can just sit here and listen. Well, if you remember last week, I said that there was a giant school of Dorado several miles wide swimming north uh, in the, uh, at that point, they were in the southern Orange County coastline and just heading north, which they had never, ever done in local waters. Never. Now, sometimes, you know, you get good Dorado fishing out offshore, you know, 25, 30, 40 miles out. But these guys were literally like uh, less than 10 miles out. They'd just been swimming north in like an army. And the local, and I mean the half-day boats and three-quarter-day boats, out of Dana Point, out of Newport, out of Long Beach, out of San Pedro, out of Redondo, have been getting scores of 100 to 200 Dorado per day. It's just craziness. It can't, it can't happen. It's not possible. This is like the biggest bonus thrown to Southern California fishermen around, isn't it? Well, yeah. You know, ironically, in Mexican waters, where Dorado are pretty common, the limit is two, um, which is a little bit restrictive, but okay, it is what it is. And uh, people get their limit, and they're happy for it. Uh, Dorado are unusual enough in local California waters that they just fall under the general bag limit of 10. Um, that's more than enough. More than enough. And, and uh, again, uh, I mean, I'm just looking now, just kind of scrolling down uh, the, the, the Facebook counts. The victory out of Long Beach, which is just a local boat. I mean, it's a nice boat. They usually catch some calico bass and some sculpin, maybe a few rockfish. It's, it's an excuse to get out away from the heat. They caught 173 Dorado yesterday. Jeez. So, and that's just typical. There are several boats have caught over 200 in this past week. Steve, is there um, a reason that you moved to the San Diego area? Well, well, wasn't for Dorado. I mean, Dorado are nice, but it's not my favorite fish. But Dorado, what, are, it's hard. Dorado are game fish that people dream of catching, and to him, they're bluegills compared to what he targets. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely uh, going to be favoring tuna, but it's hard to imagine a fish that's more made for anglers. Uh, they're beautiful color. They're blue. They're green. I saw somebody caught one the other day that had look like a little electric blue polka dots all over it. Clearly not the normal color, but it was just spectacular. And uh, they're they're awesome on the table. Many people know them as mahi mahi in the restaurants. And uh, you know, and they fight like crazy. And oh, and I forgot there's one other thing. They're not very smart. Yeah, they'll attack everything like a bluegill. <laughs> so, so. Uh, again, is this is this going to keep going? I don't know. Are they in the trout gonna, family? Uh, they, they actually caught a few. So uh, certainly the vanguard of the school was caught. Those of you that are that are familiar with Southern California um, topography were caught all the way north uh, out of the Channel Islands. Now they didn't catch hundreds of them out there, but they caught some. 
and they saw hundreds of them. So uh, how far north they're going to go, I, I don't know that James Smith is going to necessarily be catching any of them, but I wouldn't count it out of the realm of possibility. This is kind of a peculiar question to ask, especially for your area, but is this just because of the warm water fingers that we're seeing these pulses of fish come in? This seems more like it's a mass of fish and the water all around the area is suitable conditions. It's more a matter of, in my opinion, that we've had all year, we've had this bloom of anchovy. Ah. The anchovy population has exploded uh, you get up on these schools of bluefin tuna that are that are eating these little three-quarter inch long baby anchovies. They won't eat anything with a hook in it, um, but they're just they're they're literally what they call a foamer. The school is called the foamer because the fish are just causing a foam on the surface of the ocean, sometimes for a half a mile around, and they just won't bite anything with a hook. I just think everything that eats anchovies, and by the way, that includes things like whales and and uh, a lot of other sea life are just absolutely all being attracted to this food. So I, I think it's that because we've had warm water before, and we've had Dorado. But I mean, Southern California, Dorado are not that unusual, but this kind of a, just a full-on invasion has never never happened. I was talking to one of the oldest landing owners uh, in the state uh, in Long Beach, and uh, he says, he says, I'm an old man. I've never seen anything like this in local water. Hey, Steve, is the situation with everything so close to shore and so accessible, that means the long rangers are still going out there. Are there a lot of six-packs and smaller boats with the opportunities for people to jump on and with short notice to go out and hit these Dorado and whatever else they get in close? I have noticed on the social media, pretty much everything that floats that you know that's licensed and permitted is full. Yeah. I have noticed a, a, a large number of social media posts reading in some version of, oh, my God, I want to go out after Dorado. I'll, I'll pay money for fuel, ice, and beer. Will anybody take me? Yeah, that's, so, that's <laughs> desperation is what that is right there, folks. Exactly. Although, you know what? I mean, what's up with the fair-weather fishermen? Well, see, I'd like yeah. to go out for Dorado, and I'll pay for gas and electricity and ice. Oh, and, well, you forgot beer. Well, anything to go Dorado fishing. I would really enjoy doing that. I think that would be an absolute blast because I'm really into stupid fish. <laughs> well, that, well, luckily. You made uh, your well, living on stupid fish. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're making yours off stupid <laughs> fish. Oh, that was, that was good, Kent. I yes. liked it. That was, yes. that was, that was perfect timing. I mean, come on, Tuna. They, they can raise how many kokanee for a buck and a half? How smart can they be? <laughs> <laughs> they're smart enough to feed your bass. Yes, they are, but they're not smart enough to get away from them. <laughs> well, there's just too damn many of them out there. Well, tuna. Well, it, think of, can't just think of bluefin tuna as uh, a Florida strain bass in a city park lake. See, they're seeing everything. It. They know what everything is. They're not biting it. Right. Right. And, and, and think of a Dorado as as a farm pond northern strain largemouth. Thank you. Anything that comes near their face. Yeah, yeah. Just throw it at them. They'll eat it. Yep. So Stay. there you go. That there, there, there's your there's your analogy. That is a great uh, analogy. But if you're coming down to Southern California for business to visit relatives, maybe you're you're visiting your grandma and you don't really want to spend a whole week with her. Um, get yourself on a boat. Get out fishing. Um, and by the way, they are still catching. You know, sort of been over overshadowed by this Dorado thing. 
But the San Diego boats are still going out. Of course, they're they're limited to two Dorado per person in Mexican waters. But they're still getting a very, very nice mixture of bluefin tuna, yellowfin tuna, and yellowtail. The 200-pound bluefin have been have been a, a bit scarce, but they're getting lots and lots and lots of the, the 60 to 80-pounders. So uh, great time to be fishing. Well, obviously, you were right, Tuna. Plenty to talk about, no question about it. We always appreciate your expertise and your information, my friend. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You have a great time, and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Seth. Steve Carson, the director of Penn Fishing Universities. Tell you, that man knows it all. Hey, speaking of knowing it all, I called this guy. and I said, hey, you're going to be on the water tomorrow? He goes, well, it's kind of iffy if I'm going to be out there. I might take somebody striper fishing. I said, well, can you give me an update on what's going on with the SAC Metro stuff? Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll be happy to do that. And then come to find out he fished all night long. In addition to that, let's go live right now to Justin Leonard with Outcast Guide Service and check out what in the hell he's up to today. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, guys. Well, what did you fish for last night? And if you tell me crappie at Collins Lake, I'm going to go ape. I I was. Crappie and catfish. Oh, so you were there, huh? Was it, was it yeah. Collins? Collins Lake, very yeah. little productive spot to go hiding out right now. Well, I'm glad you had a tri- good trip there. Did you have successful fishing while you were there? Yes, it was. And then it was kind of goopy. Uh, once the sun went down and everything, we put down the light. I had our beach all starts swarming and everything and started jigging and then we started catching trout the trout came in big old swarm of them and then had their little feeding frenzy and then they went away and then the crappie came bit came in and uh so we got we got to catch some trout last night too and nice pile of catfish as well how long did you fish what time did you fish from uh, i think we launched at eight o'clock ish seven thirty, and then fished until probably 2 a.m just because that was about time for us to tap out yeah, no kidding. I tap out about 12, 12.30 for stuff like that myself. Well, I'm glad to hear that's still going on and consistent. What have you heard down here in the SAC metro area with these kings kegging up or not kegging up, getting ready to make their runs? Yeah, it's a pretty pitiful salmon season so far, honestly. Um, hot water is the only thing we could talk it up to. There's yeah. not a lot. Of, you have fish in the river. There's fish moving through. And they just won't bite us. And uh, so it's not a lack of fish. The only thing we could say is just the hot water, which isn't allowing them to bite. But um, it's been a pretty pitiful salmon season up to up to now, and just hopeful that something's going to change here pretty quick. Well, they're going to come hook, line, or sinker. They're going to come up this system because Mother Nature's going to force them to. But I think they're just going to sit there until they start getting the scent of their water and their natural streams where they were born. And then we'll see the moves made, but they may start staging up if water cools down a couple of degrees, knowing that it might be cooler even further up. I guess it's just a waiting game and you guys all communicating together before you say, hey, Sep, it's on, right? That's it. So, yeah, we're just, it, that's exactly, it's a waiting game. Well, how about stripers? I know you were talking about the Delta and I talked to Netzel earlier. He said it seems that they just never slowed down up there. Yeah, striper fish has been good. All, you know, my trips, we're either pushing back till October or we're moving down to stripers just here for the next week, week and a half and seeing how, what goes on with these salmon. But um, striper fish has been good. As long as you have the winds, you know, laid down for the day, we can get pretty much wherever you want. And uh, striper fishing has been good. A couple guys are getting on some spoon bites, big schools of them. But mostly trolling and uh, 
I haven't tried to get minnows lately, but it sounds like they're real hard to get just because it's so hot out. It's hard for the bait shops to keep them alive. Make sure but you get all the make sure you get all your loan paperwork in line before you you know go to the shop. Oh, I know it's crazy. <laughs> I got told. Well, James Smith told me that they got sardines for the first time what nine years or something like that. The bait tank. Can you imagine what a sardine's going he for? He didn't tell you how much they cost. Yeah, he didn't mention how much they cost, but he said they're like a candy bar. Let's see, a 19 cent candy bar is now about what? 5.99? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought so. Well, Justin, <laughs> between Delta Stripers, between the Sacramento River and the Feather River King Salmon action, that it will explode. They gotta go somewhere. There's no doubt about that. And the great lake opportunities you offer with Collins Lake, go out there, catch some cats, catch some crappie, catch some trout. Have you got spots open so people can get booked and get out there and have some fun with you? Um, I have, what, three days this week, and then I don't have any availability until October 14th. That's what happens, folks. We're warning you. You book your trips now for later on. You'll have plenty of opportunity to get some fish. Those fish will be around into November up in the river systems, and the late fall fish, even the winter run fish will be coming in. Who knows which which uh, run we catch nowadays. There's about 30 different ones, I think. Give them all the hookup information they need, Justin, so they can get a hold of you, talk with you about the opportunities, and book a trip. Absolutely. Facebook and Instagram, Outcast Guide Service. And current reports, phone number, which is 530-277-6870. Justin, thanks a lot. Go to bed. Get some rest, my friend, and thanks for sharing with our <laughs> listeners here today. We appreciate you, my friend. Hey. All right, he's going to have some fun, no doubt about it. With that nap, he's going to need one. Where is Marilyn? It's time for Get a Clue. She doesn't have a clue. Get a Clue. Get a Clue is brought to you by Guns, Fishing, and Other Stuff in Vacaville, your one-stop destination for everything for the great outdoors. The next time you're heading along the Highway 80 corridor, either west to the bay for stripers, sturgeon, or halibut, or east to your favorite lake or place to hunt, stop by the number one fishing and hunting destination just off the freeway, Guns, Fishing, and Other Stuff in Vacaville. Whether you're looking for firearms, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, or the latest rods and reels from the top manufacturers, Manufacturers, tackle, fishing gear, or bait, you can be sure that guns, fishing, and other stuff will have it in stock. And now, here's today's Get a Clue. Hi, this is Marilyn. Fishing is so good. Get out and enjoy the action. But are you sure you know where and how? Best advice? Hire a guide. It's great having somebody do all the work. First, check to ensure your guide is professional, licensed, and bonded. You hire him, so you do pay him. But do include a tip for service. So how much? An average trip with a basic knowledgeable guide warrants 10%. So two guys on a $300 deal would tip $30 or $15 at least. For a good trip with a decent guide who knows more than you do and has good equipment would tip 15 to 20%. That $300 trip, around $50. For a great day, an excellent time, a pro who knows what he's doing and gives results justifies a 25% tip. That's 75 to $100. Get a clue. Enjoy that trip. And take photos so that you can keep enjoying the experience. And if you'd like a new life jacket, here's your chance. Call 1-800-920-1140. Be the fourth caller, and we'll give you one. So take care of yourself. Stay safe and well. Till next week. 
you've driven past it for the last time. Now discover California's sportsman store that has it all at the right price. Guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville. The first floor is dedicated to fishing and hunting gear, attire, and ammunition. But upstairs, it's a shooter's dream come true. With all the top shotguns, rifles, pistols, gear, and accessories you'll ever need, including an indoor shooting range to hone your skills. Make guns, fishing, and other stuff your outdoors destination of choice. Just off Highway 80 at the Alamo exit in Vacaville. Stop by soon or check them out on the web at gunsfishing.com. Get a clue. No one makes a more reliable, powerful, and efficient lineup of outboard motors than Mercury Marine. Backed by decades of innovation and leadership, Mercury outboards from 2.5 to 400 horsepower are built to go the distance. Mercury outboards are the ultimate combination of smooth and quiet operation, refined power, and effortless control. Check out the full line at Gone Fishing Marine in Dixon. Their trained sales staff will help you select the right boat and the right Mercury outboard for power. It all adds up to the most popular engines on the market today. Mercury Marine and Gone Fishing Marine. For boaters who settle for nothing but the best, go boldly with Mercury. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Don't miss a single show. California Sportsman with Seth Hendrickson is now broadcasting live streaming audio at seps.com and ultimatebassradio.com. And all shows are archived there, too. So now you can listen to live or archived shows on the Internet or Download them to your iPod or MP3 player for listening whenever and wherever you want. Listen to us live on the Internet, anywhere in the world, with our new high-definition digital sound. California Sportsman, Saturday mornings from 6 to 8. Now there's no reason to miss a single show. Ready to shop at a well-stocked hunting, fishing, and outdoor store? Guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville has everything you need for the great outdoors. Hunting and fishing gear, guns and ammo, and plenty of camo for you hunters. They're loaded with fishing gear and all the accessories and outdoor apparel for the entire family. And now, here's the guy that hears it all over the counter with General Manager Travis Morgan. Good morning, Garrett. Morning, Seth. How's it going, guys? Well, we got five and a half days to go till opener of Dove season. And there's a lot to go with it. If you're going out, make sure you got water close by you, fairly good cover, and if you can find some, safflower someplace. But I doubt if you'll find any. It's been a real bad year. No rain, hard to get irrigated. So you're going to have to look hard to find them. Also, remember, it's 15 dove limit. Eurasians are unlimited. Uh, there's plenty of guys out there that are uh, selling hunts, uh, guided hunts for Doves, you can get them anywhere from starting about $300 a person and on up. All right. You know, like the old saying goes, the most expensive meat you'll ever eat is one of the ones you went hunting for. So, dove season, five and a half days out, and it's going to be fun for the first day. You know, we haven't had that cold streak yet. We usually get, so hopefully a lot of doves will still be hanging around. Number six shot is the best shot to use in shooting steel. But we also have sevens in the store. So you got sixes and sevens. We got dove stools. We got dove decoys. Voodoo dove with those spinning wings on them. We got all kinds of stuff here for you to use to shoot them. I'm unfortunately not going to be, be around today. That's why this is recorded because I'm going out deer hunting. And with any luck, I'm going to end up with a deer. So we'll have to see about that next week. Also, don't forget 
tuner getting closer down in Monterey and that, and we got all your tuna fishing supplies you'd ever need to go shoot, go fish for tuna, not shoot them. So come on by the store, check it out, and we'll see you here at the store. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, there Travis gave us an update on everything. As he said, the most expensive meals you eat are those that you go out and shoot and hunt well, yourself. It's, it's 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 all about the it's all about the experience. Well, the he's, memories. he's You're looking, making memories. Sam. He's looking at the cost of boots, the cost of heavy jackets, the cost of guns, the cost. A of guy animals. who owns a sporting goods store shouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay, shouldn't stress that. You know I, what I mean? I don't think he does. Yeah, no. I mean, what you got to look at this though? A dove, you know they. They're a nuisance. They're flying rats, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> they're tasty little devils. Scott Laseth taught me that. Yeah, they're very good to eat. They really but are. You get about two bites out yeah. of every breast if you take a big bite, and you got to figure how much does a round cost now? About eighteen well, they're, bucks a box. They're pretty pricey. Yeah, fifteen to nineteen dollars a box for the for the so steel. Seventy five. I used to buy shot. a half case of ammo for you know about double that. But you know, anyway, we do have to shoot steel i mean that's just how it is and and it's been a big adjustment for the dove hunter step and i and i think it's probably discouraged some folks you know the dove when we went out and shot i always use pumps you know that or a semi or an over and under but you go out there and it's like bang you miss him you go bang you miss him again oh i got him third shot two dollars and 25 cents yeah well you know how (laughs) that goes but uh you know you go out it's like anything but um the one thing about uh about the uh, the dove deal now, Sep, they've even raised the limit to 15, so it's going to cost even more to limit out. Absolutely. But, and they say the average dove takes six rounds to knock out of the air for the average hunter. Well, if you shoot like some of your buddies do anyway. but That's uh, a fact. Yeah, exactly. But the season does open September 1st through the 15th, so it's not just a one-day season. But it seems like that because everybody and his brother goes out for the opener or the opening weekend and then and they don't go. shuts down. Yeah. But, you know, it's followed you know by Labor Day weekend, so you'll have some opportunities to, uh, to get out. There. It's fun. Don't kid yourself. And you can plank these things with a pellet gun. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a lot of fun. You guys can, uh, can get out. Obviously, um, some of the state refuges will open, um, their property. So you can search that on the California Department of Fish and Wildlife webpage and be able to figure out which places possibly you can, uh, get in out there. Don't think you're going to roll out there August 31st at five o'clock in the afternoon and find your ammo. Yeah, I mean, you, it's a good weekend. If you're planning on doing some dove hunting, it's a good weekend to maybe get that handled. Remember, there's two types of doves flying around out there. There's a California morning dove that's flying around that's grayer yeah. in color and a little smaller. And there's the Eurasian, which is kind of tannish and white and about and much twice bigger. the yeah. size and bigger breasts. And who doesn't like bigger breasts? Well, you're going there, right? No, I'm not. Right. I'm talking and, about me. And they are, uh, they are, uh, no limit. On the Eurasian. On the Eurasian. Yeah, they do not count towards your limit. So um, knock as many of them down as you yeah. can and have a great meal out of it. I have yet to eat one, but I understand they're tasty. Yeah, they are. They're, they're pigeony, but yeah, they are. And, and there's a lot of, a uh, lot of them around, uh, the valley. They tend to kind of hang out more in, uh, you know, eucalyptus trees around farmhouses and things like that. They don't really, they don't really travel the same circles that the morning dove do. And remember, whether you're using a shotgun or a pellet gun, everything has to be non-lead products. Non-lead. Shooting game in California, yeah. and, no and, matter what you're shooting. And if you've never shot non-lead, you heard Travis talk about it, you kind of, you're going to step up the size of shot with steel. So, you know, if you were listening to Travis say, what's he talking about? Shooting dove with sixes. Uh, well, that's what you shoot. With it the goes steel. straighter when it's coming faster. Yeah, and it, it is a lot faster. It's a big adjustment because it moves a little quicker than lead used to. 
guns, fishing, and other stuff. You'll find everything you need and more on the shelves of their two big stores in Vacaville at 197 Butcher Road and in Dublin at 6705 Amador Plaza. Don't miss the deals at Guns, Fishing, and Other Stuff, and be sure to check them out on the web at GunsFishing.com. And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Henderson. Man, if there wasn't a lot going on, there'd be nothing going on right now. Last night, one of the most important meetings for striped bass fishermen took place in West Sacramento with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. That was Wednesday night. Wednesday night. I'll be okay. One of those nights. Yeah, well, I, my whole week went to heck when Cliff and Shirley Speediachi from Eagle Lake Oh, Lakes blame it on up. Cliff and Shirley. Yeah, it's all their fault. They're you probably didn't get anything right accomplished, did you? No, I goofed off a lot. You and Cliff lied to each other outside a lot. All night. All night. Long. Yeah. Was there a cigar and, and no. port? involved in any there of was there was a bottle of wine that disappeared there was yeah i think he stole it had a hole in it did it apparently <laughs> the bottle too <laughs> joining us right now is the man himself from western outdoor news our editor for northern california edition mr dave hurley good morning dave good morning kent good morning Seth. dave uh, quite a meeting uh the, earlier this week with the striped bass why don't you give our listeners kind of an update on what's going on with the proposals they're talking about well, uh, NorCal Guides is proposed to the department um, several months ago, and it was accepted. Uh, and the proposal is for a slot limit between 20 and 30 inches. And the original proposal is only goes up to the Carquinas Straits, uh, the Carquinas Bridge. However, they have sent in a second proposal that was heard at the uh, August 17th and 16th, 16th and 17th meeting of the Fish and Game Commission. And uh, that's to include the San Francisco and San Pablo Bay as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank God. That had the, I don't know if that was an oversight or if it was just continued at the at the very beginning part of it. But what is impressive about it is that you know, as you know, over the last two decades, you know, striper fishermen have packed fishing commissions because there's been proposals primarily from uh, water districts in the South Valley to deregulate the striped bass and open up the bag and size limits for the stripers. One of the things we do know, um, and those both both proposals were unsuccessful, one of the things that did come out of it, they, in 2019 they came up with a striped bass management plan for the first time in 30 years. And, you know, the, the upshot of that is that the striper is a very important species to the Delta and uh, to California fishermen, and, and they're – you know, the, one of the goals is to maintain a self-sustaining striped bass population for recreation. So, you know, a couple of steps the department has taken, and I'm going to give them credit. I thought they did a an outstanding job of listening to the public. You know, there was an option for speaking at the meeting and then also speaking remotely. And they did go over time after they had a few technical difficulties at the very beginning. And they allowed everybody that had an opportunity wanted to speak, whether it was remotely, um, the opportunity. And I think that that was very important. A couple of things on it. You know, they have this survey out, and there's some interesting things that came out of the survey. Um, most people, 63% su- support a slot limit, and 90% of the survey respondents are not part of a fishing organization. So, you know, they're not somebody who's going to have an obvious bias towards the slot limit. Um, and I, I, uh, so this, the, the survey was the first part of it. Now they had the public hearing. Now it goes to, you know, this is a long and winding road. If anything is ever going to change on this, 
But the next step is to go to the Wildlife Resources Committee next month to present the data that they've taken care of, which is the survey, which is the public comment that was made. People still have the opportunity to uh, email the department as well. And uh, then the Wildlife Resources Committee will look at it and determine uh, where we go from here. Uh, and it's possible the very first reading of the uh, proposal, if there is one, will be in uh, January of 2023. And as you know, when it goes to the Fish and Game Commission, you have to have three different. First time is just the reading. Second time is the discussion. And the third time is a vote. So, I mean, this thing is a year off if it happens. And the proposal is between 20 and 30 inches. So, But the good part was the department seems to value public input, which has been a big change over the last uh, several years. You know, when we had to wait on hold for <laughs> five hours to be able to comment for two minutes on different I items. So I, I do see some progress there. That was encouraging. Well, you know, I, I see everything that's going on with the weeds that we had out there, how they wiped out a lot of the weeds in the Delta and changed everything out there. And uh, there's obviously a real push by, you know, at least Ms. Feinstein uh, to eliminate the Delta stripers completely because she's so convinced that almonds need more water, I have a feeling. But that's my personal opinion. That I'm kind of surprised that... Uh, I haven't, what I haven't heard is the department is really behind this too. Are they? Are they making their scientific studies and information available? Are they saying we need this slot limit to maintain it? Or are they just letting the people say we need to do this? Uh, I think you, you just hit the nail right on the head, uh, Seth. I think that, uh, you know, uh, we're going to find out a lot in the next few months of what they're really their position is. You know, here we have they have responded to a public request for a, a slot limit. Um, the overwhelming amount of information that came out of it was people were in favor. And, you know, there's two things that I know. One is stripe um, is the department has very little control over water. You know, we all know that water is the common denominator in the demise of the delta and fisheries. I mean, there's there's a direct correlation between striped bass and salmon declines. Uh, and and one of the things that Dr. David Ostrak, uh, who's probably the leading authority on striped bass uh, biology, he just said, you know, there is no correlation between predation and the demise of, of the salmon. You know, there's a lot of factors that go along with that as well. And the first one being water diversions. All you have to do is take a look at it. But the department has very little control of water, and, stri and fishermen have very little inability to manage themselves. Although catch and release is improving, there's no question about it, there are still those who are more than happy to take a 30- or 40-pound striper out of the system with, with you know, no, no feeling other than uh, this is what I want to do because I can do it. We got to get the egos out of the way for this kind of stuff. You know, take a quick photo and let them go. That 30 pound striper you're holding up in that photo that's dropping eggs out of her rear end right now would have been great to have in that system for another five or six years. Now, if what you've done is put it on a piece of paper, you know, and killed it. What benefit is I did it. I mounted a 16 and a half pound brown because I was an egomaniac when I was young. But you just can't do that in today's world anymore. 
No, that is the truth. And that, and, that, and so regulation, as much as we don't like regulation, regulation is probably the only factor that we have to be able to maintain this species to the level it is. And you're, ab- big- you're absolutely right. If we just turn people loose out there, everything's going to get fished out. And it's a, it's a pathetic situation. When I went back up to Indian Valley one day after meeting with a game warden, and I got to tell you, folks, I saw probably 30 people out there with about 60 ice chests, big ones, full of fish to the top, some of them two inches long. That's what happens sometimes at lakes that are not getting visited by fish and wildlife or by police officers or just ignored by the people that have the contracts that are supposed to be supplying the fishing opportunities at these locations as a result of their contracts and, and causing the whole place to be built. That's part of the deal. Uh, it's We're losing some of them as slowly as possible, but, you know, they're raping the delta. We're losing just tons of stripers to poachers out there, and we're losing tons, excuse me, sturgeon, and we're losing tons of sturgeon by overfishing, and some boats out there catching four or five or ten every single trip out. This is not sustainable, folks. We have to do something about it. We have to police ourselves, or the state or the politicians are going to come visiting and just say, All right, we're through with that now, and so are you. It's done. And don't think they won't do it because they have done it and they will continue to do it. If it isn't obvious to you right now, Water is more important than fish to the California politicians. Would you agree, Dave? Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, uh, and, and, then, and that's where the department is pushed, in, I think, into a very difficult situation. They have to manage things that they have no control over. But in, in, in defense of them, and I, and I think we've all been critical of fish and wildlife over the past several years for good reasons, for, you know, for lack of public input and being able to I think that there's a, a definite effort being made, and I think that has come because people have really stood up and said, hey, wait a second, we really need to be able to have our say in this, and I thought that was encouraging. I mean, you know, it may not result in anything that's going to be productive in terms of the striper. They have three options. They can ignore it. They can implement a slot limit at 20 to 30, or they can modify that slot limit. Hey, Dave, answer but- me this one, though. Why does the public have to go in and say, we need a slot limit. Why hasn't the department, with all the research and the paperwork and the studies and everything they've got, said, hey, we need a slot limit. We're losing stripers. Once again, Sep, you hit the nail right on the head. There's no question about it. And the same thing with sturgeon right now. That was my question to the, the well, It's happening on sturgeon already. We're blowing the lid off of sturgeon here in a few days. I've already contacted the department about some stuff and the proposals by a bunch of guides and a bunch of people that all feel the same way. Wake up, department. There's things that need your attention, in my opinion. Yeah, they've done a really good job of rockfish management, I think. You know, we've had some modifications the last couple of years on rockfish. But if we're with the inland species, I think crappie's another species. Who needs 25 crappie? Nobody. Especially when guys are going out there and catching two two. Two limits of going out twice a day to catch 25 crappie and loading up, you know. It's and you saw the impact this had on Indian Valley, you know. You've seen the impact on Clear Lake, so 
I agree with you, Seth. The department really needs to be more proactive in being able to say, wait a second, we have some real trends here. We have some issues. And listening to the anglers. And well, they, need to, they need to bring the situations to the anglers instead of the anglers going to them. We're not the scientists. We're just the ones catching them and not seeing them anymore. Uh, you make an, uh, that's an outstanding point as far as that goes. Yeah, and that, and that has been brought up, but it hasn't been brought up enough. Steph, so. Well, this will probably finish off my career with the department. And I want to say this right now. I respect the Department of Fish and Wildlife. I respect every game warden to the max for doing the job that they do. I respect the people out there in the trenches. My respect for politicians and stuff being jammed up our orifices is not as tolerable as it used to be, and it's probably being 70 years old has something to do with that. Come on. Well, let's all work together and improve our fisheries, not wait for the public to come and say we have a problem. Yeah, you make an excellent point there. But, you, you know, being 70 years old, you've seen the tremendous change over the last several decades. You know, there's no question things have uh, – it's taken – it's taken to places like GGSA to say, hey, wait a second, we have to truck these fish. And you see the difference. Rather than the department saying, wait a second, we got a problem here with salmon. Well, how are we going to modify it? You know, uh, GGSA has come up and been the advocate for trucking the fish. And you see the benefits that it's paid off. It's just been incredible. You don't by so, any chance think that uh, the largest nut grower in the Central Valley donating $355,000 to the governor's campaigns had anything to do with it, do you? No, I don't know. But we'd have to ask the governor about that, I guess. Yeah. That'll never happen. Right. But, you know. You know, we did have a governor that wanted to talk to sportsmen, and and I gave him the opportunity. Governor Brown joined yeah. us here on the show talking yeah. about things. Didn't do us a whole lot of good. No. But at least he had the Huevos Rancheros to join us on the air and talk to us. Well, the good part is we've got 2,900 square miles of nuts in California that we're Oh, we have more at. miles of nuts than that. 2,900, Seth, is what we got. 2,900 Dave, square miles of nuts in California. Dave, I want to thank you for, and all the people too. Dave, I want to thank you for all your great information that you uh, gleaned from the meeting and shared with our listeners. Folks, we want to keep you up to speed on what's going on. Remember, these are my opinions, Kent's opinions, Dave's opinions, and we hope you have an opinion. If you don't, start working on one because you're going to need it pretty soon the way <laughs> things are going. Dave, thanks for hooking up with us. We appreciate it. And, folks, take a look at Western Outdoor News. There's some great stories in there that are put out. I'm looking at one in front of me right now. Striped Bass, Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, a slot minute proposal. Yep, and that's exactly what it is. Who knows what will end up happening next. Dave, thanks for hooking up with us today. We appreciate your expertise and your experience, my friend. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right. You, you do did. the same. Sorry about riding the soapbox. We so kind of did, Seth, but you know another deal. Another lost opportunity came in from California Waterfowl Association yesterday. Uh, America's first waterfowl refuge is dry in the Klamath Basin, which is a Klamath Basin, uh, lower, upper and lower Klamath and Tule Lake dry. They will be closed for upland and waterfowl hunting throughout the 22-23 season. Huge loss, but the impact that that can have on the overall populations in the future is what well, scares Well, the me. impact that it has on the migration, because that was a resting spot for the birds migrating Where do they south. rest now? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's really sad. And what's it do to the, you know, Merrill, Klamath Falls, uh, you know, all those, all those businesses up there around the lakes. That's pretty sad. 
Well, folks, I hope we haven't turned you off talking the negative That's stuff. It's kind of a negative show today. Go ahead and go fishing. Go out and Labor Day weekend well, let's, next let's week. Let's have more fun. Free fishing There's, day next Saturday. Yeah, that's right. There's so many things to do. Get out there and do them, and we will keep you informed on what's going on in the great outdoors. You can bet on it. We'd like to know what you'd like to hear on California Sportsman and Ultimate Bass. For more information on fishing and hunting, guided trips, and more, visit us on the Internet at seps.com. California Sportsman and Ultimate Bass, productions of Seps Outdoors Incorporated, leading the way in outdoor entertainment. Join Join us us next week from 5 to 8 a.m. for another Seps Saturday Morning Morning Outdoors. Outdoors.